Happy Easter. It is so cool to have you all here, and I don't know if you know this or not, but we have a, a location in Tremont that's packed out too, and I just wanted to say welcome, Tremont. Man, we love that you are celebrating with us. Yeah, how about, how about it? I just want to talk to you a little bit this morning before the band comes back up here about the joy that you experience in life. You see, the joy that you experience in life is directly correlated with where you place your hope. We hope in all different kinds of things. The more real your hope is, the more joy you'll have. Life is full of all new kinds of lows. Have you experienced this in life? There's no shortage of lows for us to walk through. Sometimes I surprise myself and I'm like, man, I just hit a whole new low. I remember when my kids were little, uh, confession time, this is, I'm going to pay for this later, but... um, I hated the game Candyland. There's no worse game in the world. I love candy. I love, I, you can probably tell how much I love candy. I love candy. I hate the game, the numb, mind-numbing, eye-gouging-out, excruciating pain of playing Candyland. So our kids, it was, of course, their favorite game. We would, we would gather around and all play Candyland, and I would practice setting the Candyland deck. Not so that I would win, just so that they would win a lot faster and the game would be over. One time I remember setting the deck and getting it so that they would pick that one like little last famous person on the end of the Candyland maze. I forget what it was. And I, like my one child picked that card and I was like, yes, this is going to be an all new record. And the very next turn, they picked the peanut, which is all the way back at the beginning. And I felt myself getting angry about it. And I, I, I thought, this is a whole new parenting low for me. Like, this is, this is a whole new... I've hit, like, those kind of ridiculous lows, but then I've also experienced the more serious lows of life. The, the times where the anxiety was so heavy that it, like, felt literally like it was choking me out. The dark depression that settles in after losing people that, are, that mean the most to you in this world. I remember the lows of just confusion, not knowing what my direction would be like or what life would look like next, unable to figure out how I got into these circumstances or how I'm going to get out of them. Life is full of lows. And Easter morning had no shortage of them either. But your hope, if it's connected to something real, something bigger than your pain, something bigger than that person who disappointed you, something bigger than the circumstances you find yourself in, your hope will lead to joy rising in your heart and in your experiences. Mary Magdalene, she was all kinds of low Easter morning. I don't know if you know much about Mary Magdalene's story, but she is one of my favorite characters and one of the women that Jesus picked, that God in his sovereignty picked to be a witness to this incredible thing we celebrate today called resurrection. She had 
a very difficult past. Loaves were not a stranger to her. In fact, when Jesus first met her, he had cast out seven demons from her. She had become a friend and a follower, one of the only witnesses who was there watching Jesus as he was punished in the courtyard, as he was held on trial, as Pilate gave the crowd opportunity to free Jesus or Barabbas, and the crowd picked Barabbas. She was there watching it all, and the confusion that must have sunk into her soul, this woman who just loved this one who had set her free, this this woman who was watching her friend, the one she had attached her life to, the one she had placed her hope in, die on the cross. She was there in those long and heartbreaking, heart-crushing moments and the low that she had to be experienced as she found her way to the tomb early Easter morning, simply to put perfume and to care for the body of Jesus. Her circumstances had hit her so hard, it's as if she's like wandering through the darkness of that early morning towards the tomb of Jesus. She doesn't even know how she's going to get to the body with a stone in the way. She just, in her loss and in her heartbreak, desperately trying to be close to the one she thought would give her hope. But in these moments, her hope is gone, her joy nowhere to be found. The confusion is so heavy. We all experience lows in life. Maybe you felt that kind of confusion about your future or about your current circumstances, or the heartbreak of someone you had placed hope or love in letting you down. Maybe you could relate to Mary on some level this morning. It was a whole new low for her. But her story picks up in John chapter 20 and verse 11 where it says, Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away. I mean, she is so immersed in her grief right here that it doesn't even register that there are two angels sitting on the... They've taken my Lord and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turns around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And then Jesus, as he is often known to do, with very few words, cuts right to her heart. And if you would let him cut past all the garbage and the crap that you have accumulated in your life, if you would let him get to those areas of heartbreak and disappointment and confusion, you would find that joy would rise in your heart too. With just one word, he says to her, Mary. 
She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. You get the idea here before this next verse that she's like clinging to him or trying to grasp him, overcome with joy and emotion, seeing her Savior, the Messiah, alive and well. Jesus says, don't hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This incredible encounter with Jesus cut through the lowest of lows, cut through all of the confusion and all of the pain and all the heartbreak in life and replaced it with joy. Now, maybe you're doing all right. You're just a joyous dude, (laughs) happy always, never faced with disappointment. But for those of us who have been stung by the disappointment and the lows of life, this is the joy we have been searching for. It is the kind of joy that can heal your broken heart. It is the kind of joy that will help you walk through any circumstance in life. And in this little encounter with Jesus, in the middle of this mess, we find a God in the flesh who meets us where we are. He's not looking down on us from some lofty position, wondering when we're going to figure it all out or get it right. No, this God doesn't wait for you to... traverse the distance between you and him, he comes to you and meets you right where you are, no matter who you are. His position towards you was not disappointment. Why didn't you know? Why haven't you figured it out? It's not anger. God is not angry at you. He's not disappointed in you. He's not waiting for you to get your act together. The position of Jesus here towards Mary is the same position God has towards you. It's a position of love. He knows your name and everything about you. And unlike some of your relatives, he still likes you. He loves you and he likes you. And if you could forget all of the other stuff, all the religious junk, all the, the churchy things, all the lists that we create of the things we should do and the things we shouldn't do, if you could just set all that aside and see the resurrected Jesus, the result in your life would be joy. You see, resurrection matters. What we celebrate today, it matters. It means God is for you. Whoever you are, whatever labels you wear, however you have screwed up your life so far, whatever pain that you have experienced, God is a God who is for you. This matters because you can place your hope in something that is real and lasting, in this empty tomb that seals it for you. Your hope does not have to be wishful thinking. Your hope does not have to be some pipe dream. 
Your hope can be placed in something real, something bigger than pain, something greater than death, something that won't let you down like everyone else in life will. Your hope can be placed in the resurrection. This matters because your story isn't over with the grave. It's not over with death. And though you may not see it now in your circumstances in life or whatever you're going through, this matters because it shows us that God is always working for you because He loves you. Uh, maybe He's been working this morning or this week or this month trying to reveal through all of the religious garbage and all of the stuff we pile up and all the distractions we have in life, maybe He has been trying to remind you of His love for you no matter who you are. There's nothing that can separate you from the love God has for you. And there's nothing you can do to make Him love you more. There's nothing you could ever do that would make Him love you less. Maybe He is trying to break through all of the craziness of life so that you could see fresh that Jesus is alive and that God is for you. We pile up a bunch of stuff that we think makes us religious. And we hope that one day when we pass from this earth that the good stuff we do will maybe outweigh the bad stuff we do. And if we're good enough, we'll get through those pearly gates. But the hope I have that I will see my baby brother again the hope I have that I will see my dad and mom again, the hope I have that has been sealed by this empty tomb is not based on me or my wishful thinking. It is simply found in the fact that Jesus is who he says he is, God among us, that he died on a cross doing what he said he would do, and that he left that tomb empty. And all that is required of us. No qualifiers needed. Is simple faith in the resurrected Jesus. Let's pray. God, maybe you have been trying to break through all of the craziness of life so we could see fresh your love for us demonstrated on a cross and through an empty tomb Christ victorious maybe you've been trying to break through all the noise in our lives and all the other voices that we've been hearing to remind us of your great love for us and to call us to the simple confession of faith your word doesn't complicate it. You say that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that we will be saved. And I pray that if that hasn't been expressed by any one of us, that we would express it now and that we would give you our lives and place our hope in this Jesus. 
We want to celebrate this morning. Would you fill us with joy? Because our joy is directly correlated with what we hope in, and what we hope in is an empty tomb. It was empty. It still is empty. It's going to be empty. And our hope will be realized in full. We thank you, Jesus, for what we celebrate this morning and the hope we have because of you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.